Face Radio. This is, I guess we like to call it Season 3. That would make this Episode 31. And it is 4.22.008. I am Kroy Kaze, and I'm here, as always, with Sino Zeta. Hello. We are here to be the fearless anime and video games lifestyle podcast. Bringing you not necessarily the latest, not necessarily the greatest, but certainly a bit from both of those categories. Yeah, we prefer, you know, most, um, some of the more unique, timeless information, and therefore the fact that our episodes come out so rarely and take so long to edit that um, everything's old won't matter to you because you probably never heard it in the first place. Right. Like, we're not. I mean, if you want to know when to hot shit drops, you need to go to another podcast, you know? I'm not going to talk about Grand Theft Auto 4 coming out next week or whatever, because who cares? You're going to hear this six months from now. <laughs> yeah, non- yeah, yeah. And you'll you still be that... hearing about Grand Theft 4 in six, month, six months anyway, because people will shut the fuck up about that and stuff. Well, there's a good reason for that. It's It's definitely an iconic series, but anyway... Well, well, you know, even even shows that do concentrate on not necessarily of the moment things tend to be a little of the moment. For example, Retronauts is a podcast that will bitch if there aren't enough virtual console releases every single week coming out, because evidently they buy every single freaking virtual console game, and there just aren't enough games in existence for them to be satisfied. They just like to bend over for rape time. I'm just I'm just like I don't. What am I gonna do with six games a week? <laughs> How the hell I mean, are they going to do is just sit there on a memory card. They're not gonna ever going to get played. Can't play six games a week. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you just go to that site that has all those games, like, in Flash on a browser whenever you want? Or even if you're going to buy them, like, why are you buying games that aren't good? I mean, I, I only like to have stuff that's good, personally. And I'm certainly not going to pay 800 Wii points or whatever for China Warrior and never touch it. That would be stupid. Yeah, really, fuck the virtual console. I think it's full of bullshit. I mean, I respect Xbox Live Arcade and, and PlayStation Network, but I think the, the Wii Virtual Console is just fucking bullshit. It's nothing. Don't waste your money. Hear just that. go go buy the real <laughs> systems for 20 bucks because Nintendo abandon wears everything into oblivion. It's like, oh shit, let's just stop all production of GameCube games and tank the system as fast as we can and on to the next thing, you know? So GameCubes are like $5. <laughs> yeah, they cut that off a little quick. They always do. I mean, they their stuff dies fast. Well, they didn't fast. do that with the NES. Okay, fine. They didn't do that with the <laughs> or NES. Or the Super NES, really. But you know but how it is. Like the, that, the, that was old Nintendo. Not yeah, this new, true. like, monstrous, family-friendly, casual-wear image Nintendo that uh, I, I don't really have much to do with anymore. Oh, you're all grown up. Isn't that special? Well, you know, I'm not one of those people that has, like, mindless allegiances because I liked Mario 3. You know? <laughs> I'm willing to, to admit that I have changed and uh, Nintendo has changed and I don't need to defend them. You know? Not really... I don't have company brand loyalty because yeah, that's I think, just stupid. Yeah, I think they'll be fine just without you. Or, exactly. Or me, they don't or, need me. Yeah. I don't really yeah. need them so much. <laughs> doing okay last time I heard. Yeah. they're They're making hats out of money. Hats, money hats. Everyone loves a money hat. But I will talk a bit about Nintendo because um, I did help uh, buy a Wii. I put in a little bit of money 
on the contingency that Smash Brothers Brawl would be bought on launch day, whenever it came out. Because it's the only game I was really interested in experiencing, as far as the Wii was concerned. Um, and it delivered. It delivered very big for me. Uh, I played, I've already put in maybe 60 hours on it. Of like 90% of the trophies. I mean, obviously, if you were one of those like cockmongers that loves like ultra serious Smash play at high level, then yeah, there's no L canceling, there's no wave dashing. You know, Brawl will not be that fun for you, but I don't really care. I mean, this is a game where you randomly trip like one out of every 100 <laughs> steps, you know? <laughs> like, this yeah. is a game where like a golden hammer appears and then someone fucking kills you after you had almost won. Like, you can't get mad at a game like that. You just kind of shrug it off and it's like, yeah, it's ha, not, ha, It's not smash. Virtual Fighter Five or anything. I mean, it's it's supposed to be a little... Right, you're just open. supposed to laugh and shrug your shoulders and play as Pikachu and lightning some niggas, you know? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, you know, exactly. so... And for that experience, I mean, the four-player smash and the online has worked moderately well for me. Um, I have not played random matches, only played with friends. I've heard random matches can be quite laggy, but if your friend and you both have pretty good connections, I, I can recommend Smash seems to work pretty solidly. It does alright. Um, I mean, I, I don't really need to go into super depth about it, but if you were maybe on the fence wondering if it's if it's worth it, I would only say it's really worth it if you've got the friends that, that want to play all the time. As a single player, I'd say the single player campaign is miserable. By the time you're at the end of it, you just can't, you're praying for death. <laughs> like, <laughs> when will this shit be over? Please be over now. It stopped being fun ages ago. I would have liked it a lot more if it had been kind of more like, like, you know, running through an excite bike level and running through, like, a level straight out of Amagon or, you know, fighting Jason from the Friday the 13th games. Like, really just a super retro masturbatory fest. Like, that would have been awesome. So, I don't really dig what it is so much. But, uh, it's still a fun game. It's the best party game ever, you know? Your mm. friends don't want to come over for a party and play Virtual Fighter, you know? No, no, definitely not. Like, they want to play something a lot more accessible and Brawl's about the most fun party game I can ever think of. I mean, it's it takes ten seconds to to learn, and if you got all the items popping out everywhere, and the Pokemon are rebalancing everything by jumping out of nowhere and killing you, and you know it's fun times. So I won't I won't spend too much time on that. Um, another thing I did eventually get around to was Portal. You know, because everyone's like, oh my god, game of the year, this is amazing, blah 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 blah. It seems kind of overrated to me. Like, I mean, I beat Portal in less than 24 hours, beginning to end. Like, it's it's not a long game at all. It If you have any kind of concept of how to use Portals, you'll probably blaze through it in maybe three hours. You know? It's a very, very short game. It's nifty, but it's not really a whole lot beyond that. Um... I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of, like, metaphorical, deep things you can try and pull out of it, but I think you should maybe give credit to the guys that actually try hard to put the deep things in their game instead of making you try to extrapolate it. 
Um, so it's yeah, it's an alright game. Saga, it's it's fun, you know. But I actually couldn't recommend people buying it for more than ten bucks. Yeah, but this is which one of, you can not, do not the... at some circuit cities. Oh, okay. So if you see the the portal separated out for ten dollars as a deal, I would say okay, you know that's just three dollars more than the cost of your average rental, and you own it forever and. You know, maybe get the achievements or whatever. Like that could be fun for you, but yeah, it's just. It's, I don't see how people could think it's like a completely better game than something like Mass Effect or Call of Duty Four, or something that really tried hard, and and took. Well, millions the thing of is, you're talking about. I mean, there's three games in that set, and this is by far the least important one, and. I've been told that Portal's the most important part of the orange box. Well, I can see that too, but I'm just saying, from a marketing perspective, it was all about Half-Life and Team Fortress second, and then Portal was basically a freebie, a mini-game almost. I mean, it seems that way. Yep. Now, I've regrettably still not played Team Fortress 2, so I can't really go into it. I just watch the movies of people cheating, because that's much more awesome than playing it. You mean the griefing stuff? That's always very fun. I don't really like first-person shooters. They're monotonous and really fucking hard, and everyone is way better at them than I will ever be. But if you can show me some awesome cheats, then that's entertaining. <laughs> um, I also got around to uh, playing... I've gotten actually really back into playing Halo 3. Like, I picked it up you know, a long time ago on launch day and everything. I got it for free. And, you know, now... I've kind of revisited it after six months, and I find it more compelling and addictive now than I did back then. Um, now that you're older and wiser. I don't know. I mean, it's... Bungie has tried really hard to make Halo 3 something worth coming back to by keep adding game types, keep releasing new maps, keep... Like, they're trying to make this game have legs. They don't want it to just be abandonware like so many other games. Like, you know... If you picked up Stranglehold and you go on the multiplayer six months after it comes out, oh look, there's three people playing yeah, isn't in the that world. Weird that a game that has like that has sold hundreds of thousands of units can have no. You know, you'd think somebody would always be playing it, but like, yeah, you can't get a match at all on some some online stuff once it gets old. Right. For Bungie, I think they would consider that a a huge failure if they could not keep Halo 3 vital. Um, what has really revitalized it for me is uh, Major League Gaming has their own playlist which has a lot of changes. Like Everyone moves 10% faster. They start with different weapons. A lot of weapons are removed. All the goofy items like the bubble, shoe, bubble shield and deployable cover have been removed. Um, so it's more of a pure experience and uh, no one has questioned my sexuality while playing the MLG playlist. So <laughs> wow. I'm Must hooked. be some special open-minded people. Yeah, I mean, no one is like, hey, fuck <laughs> Way too, you know, new out. No one's really said much of that. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I've been playing that pretty exclusively. In relative terms of numbers, like, you're probably, like, your social objective playlist, I think, usually has nineteen to 20,000 people playing it at any given time. And, like... You know, big team battle and the big slayer types are probably more around thirty or forty thousand. MLG is usually like ten thousand at the most. So a lot of people don't know about it, which is great, because a lot of the 
like name calling 14 year olds that ruin Xbox Live don't know about it apparently or they don't like it which is fine because it's so much harder to win at the people that are playing that playlist seem to be just much more intent on trying to raise their own ability it feels more like a fighting game environment I guess you could say what you're saying is they're all fagwort noobs noobs is that right yeah well, I mean, there you know there are people better than they, me. There's a lot of people the better than me. Were right. <laughs> and there are people worse than me. And you know, some of those people that are better and are trying really hard are 13 or 14, but they don't seem to be as just abrasive and obnoxious. Like they don't just sing during the whole match or anything really <laughs> just fucked hearted like that. Um, oh, thankfully you can mute people on Xbox Live. So yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the other thing they've done is. Uh, they've been adding like really weird things to do every now and then on the weekends. Like they did a, a all zombie playlist where like you know sometimes it works like 28 days later and you're a really fast zombie and you're infected and each guy you kill with a melee hit like also re rises as an infected and you you know try to infect everyone on the map and you know you try to be the last guy standing and. Uh, a lot of times the people that are fighting the zombies only get like shotguns and pistols to do it with and like it's it's a fun game. And so where where does this list come from? Uh this is in Halo 3. I mean Yeah, but I mean like how do you who are these who designed this list? Uh I've, actually the zombie playlist stuff comes from Halo 2. People were playing this game type just on like self-honor enforced rules. Like, okay, no one use anything but a shotgun, and if I shoot you, you have to kill yourself and switch teams. Like, okay, good. And they were just, they were playing on honor. Yeah. But now Bungie is like, okay, well, you know, we'll just make that a real type so you don't have to play on honor. We'll, we'll force it So this it is all Bungie, this is all Bungie's official 100% Bungie stuff? Yes. Okay, um, I, I was under the impression it was like a, a group or something. Uh, the groups come up with this stuff, and if Bungie likes it, they, they make it official. Kind of like what Valve does. Um, also, uh, someone has invented the sport called Griff Ball, which the idea is is you're in a big empty room, and everyone has these giant gravity hammers that uh, that launch people around and, and do a lot of melee damage. And there's a ball in the middle, and the ball carrier moves kind of fast but has no way of attacking. So everyone's running each other in the middle of this arena to get the ball, and the guy with the ball is trying to run from everyone with these giant hammers, and he's trying to drop it into the scoring ring. And it's it's a sport, you know. There's no guns even in the mode at all. So, you know, I I would say that uh, that Halo Three has done a good job of, you know, it's worth revisiting, especially now that you can get it cheaper. Like maybe you passed it up. Maybe you're like, fuck Master Chief. I don't give a shit about Master Chief or whatever back then. So it wasn't worth your sixty dollars. Well, you know, now you could probably find it for 30 because there's so many copies out there that its relative yeah. value has to be somewhat low. People need cigarettes, man. So, you know, maybe you can negotiate yourself a $30 or $25 copy of Halo 3, and, you know, really, you can skip the campaign mode. It's kind of disappointing. I don't even really recommend it so much. But as a multiplayer game for the console, it's definitely really, really solid. There's nothing wrong with Halo 3. Um, uh, on the anime tip, I watched, uh, what a lot of people declared the best anime of the 2007 season, 
which is called Gurun Lagan. Oh, yeah, yeah. The idea of the show is, and I mean, this is going to have mild spoilers, so, you know, if you're really, really worried about it, you may not want to listen. The idea of the show is that there are these guys that live underground and have never seen the surface. And one of them really wants to go to the surface. He wants, you know, his his dad took him up there as a kid. No one believed that he's ever been there. He says, yes, I've been up there. I get the impression that the planet had underwent some kind of nuclear apocalypse that drove the humans underground, and they'd been down there so long they didn't know why. They yeah. kind of, you know, splintered into tiny little villages and not really ever uh, thought about going back up to the surface. This all changes when their their world kind of gets destroyed by uh, this weird giant face mech thing falling in through the ceiling and attacking the village because apparently he was engaged with a battle with some humans on the surface. Uh, and that kind of introduces the main characters to the world of the surface and it seems very lighthearted and kind of overly hot-blooded. <laughs> and it's pretty Nikets, yeah, it's true. Things, things seem like they're going to be really typical and kind of really boring. And I kind of started to, you know, not really want to watch this show. I don't really dig the just mindless, you know, guy of the week gets killed show. Uh, and then someone on a message board said, hey, wait till episode eight. Hold out. And I said, okay, you know. I've heard that is, shit before. The show is really typical, but, you know, episode eight's not far. They're not saying wait till episode 40. Episode eight I can hold on for. I made it to episode eight, and wow, I really didn't see the direction that they were going to go. It really kind of shatters the paradigm of the first part of the series. Hmm. So, I'm, I would I know say, that I've seen episode eight, but I can't remember what happened. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the show from there and seeing how it's going to develop and if it's, if it's going to keep me compelled, but as far as like you know an anime with a free surprise inside crackerjack box style Gurren Lagann wins the justice for one of the most surprising uh surprising episodes I've seen in a long time so check it out you know see if it's your thing and don't be disheartened by the first 7 episodes no, I have a totally different take on that and that is that I thought that show kicked ass from right to the begin right from the beginning in a lot of ways like I wasn't totally like it wasn't like a it's kind of a longer show so it's not like something that is going to be able to knock your socks off right away because they're constantly holding back on anything that's more than 10 episodes but it um, there, it has an animation style that's, ex that's much more based on drawing skill rather than after effects and that's getting to be really really rare I mean just the other night I was watching I watched a somewhat recent episode of Cran Shinchan and compared it to like a 10 year old episode of Cran Shinchan and I noticed believe it or not I never thought I'd critique the animation in Cran Shinchan <laughs> but the old stuff is is way better because the new stuff is uh like it's all digital and there's less like everything's all the characters are larger on the screen so there isn't as much scene 
and everything is just kind of like sloppy and not complicated and they don't have as many frames or anything and like the animation budgets are always a problem in Japan they've always have been a problem but you can tell the, the talented people from the scrubs because the talented people seem to manage to make things more things look like they're happening with the exact same amount of money and I know Gurren Lagann was not a cheap show but still it it really um has like people drew a lot they drew a lot of frames which they don't do on a lot of shows I mean, yeah, show, but it has way more animation of, than uh, like was that Seven Samurai one, Samurai right. Seven, which was yeah. all based on computer effects and shit. This is more like just old-fashioned drawing, and it's However, so rare to see anything like that. Like, now. I didn't really think it was anything that spectacular. Like, I wasn't floored by the drawing. It's it's neat and all, but I mean, it couldn't get over the fact that like I really wasn't impressed with what they were laying down story-wise. Yeah, well, Cause, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of at the point where if you don't really have, like, a compelling story to tell, I'm not going to stick around, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I think that a lot of shows I watch do have that compelling story. And some people would argue that, it, that, you know, One Piece doesn't tell me anything compelling, but I think it does. <laughs> I think that there's a... There isn't that much originality, orig- originality, whatever, in Gurren Lagann. Um, like, most of the aspects of the show are pretty been there before. Like, the whole idea of um, the hot-blooded guy and the wheeze. And the, and the weasel's always, like, beholden to the hot-blooded guy, but then becomes inspired by him. Like, that's been done. I mean, I guess the most ex- uh, explicit example was uh, Nadesco, which has a lot of car- parallels in it to this show. And that's true, but it's it's just not original enough. But it's it's one of the it's probably was the best thing that was on TV last year. I don't know. I didn't watch that much. Nadesco has nothing like episode eight and nine and ten. Like that's why I said there is a surprise to be found inside Gurren Lagann, and I will recommend it for that alone. Like it will break out of just being a really repetitive typical show. So check it out. Uh, next up on the the anime hit list for me is probably going to be Code Geass because I've heard a lot good about that. So that's probably my next stop. Uh, hopefully I will I'll have some more to say on that next episode. Um, I guess one thing I want to go. I'm not letting Zeta talk a lot about what he's been doing. You may have noticed, kind of monopolizing. Please. <laughs> uh, I do want to cover this though. Uh, Part of the the long delay between this and the last episode was I had a epic apocalypse go down. Um, I was sitting in my house on Sunday morning, just uh, working on some schoolwork. My wife was like taking a nap on the couch, and you know I hear like uh, someone's smoke alarm go off, and you know you hear that a lot in an apartment complex usually. You don't really worry about it. Uh, until I heard, like, the screams and, like, people nearly falling downstairs and and that kind of stuff coming from my hallway, then I realized it was probably, you know, a legit concern. So, you know, I, I wake up my wife, I, I put a coat on her and, you know, help her get her shoes on, I send her downstairs, I grab both laptops <laughs> that are sitting in the living room, and, uh... You know, I I grab a coat and I head downstairs, still wearing shorts, 
and it's like 25 degrees outside. So there's there's my order of operations. Laptop, laptop, pants, who needs those? No <laughs> pants, no keys, no wallet, nothing. I left all those upstairs. So I get downstairs, and there's a fire extinguisher. And for some reason, the glass, the breakable glass is kind of hard. So I, I run back up to my apartment and grab a claw hammer. And I head back down to smash open and get the fire extinguisher. Except for a police dude comes busting in and he makes me leave. Like, you know, I assumed this was just probably like a kitchen fire. I was just going to go put it out myself. Um, so I go outside and, like, uh, eventually, like, 50 firemen show up and, like, the fire has, you know, completely consumed the top floor and is, like, up in the common attic and it's jumping to the other buildings and like it was all a very surreal experience kind of you know watching everything essentially burn and eat um <laughs> like you know i was i was concerned but fortunately i wasn't that close to the apartment that had really caused the problem <laughs> uh, apparently some motherfuckers tried to fry a chicken without a chicken fryer just by using a huge bucket of grease. Oh, okay. So, thanks thanks for your epic fail. Uh, the result was, is my stuff was intact. And the fire department was even kind enough to tarp everything. Like, so, to prevent smoke and water damage. Which they didn't really have to do. They were just being cool guys. So they, they tarped everything. Uh... I spent the next, like, nine hours filling out paperwork and got, like, $300 from the Red Cross. Um, uh, give me that $300. You don't deserve it. I was in a fire, too. <laughs> Last month, in fact. No, it wasn't. But anyway, so you didn't lose anything and you got paid money. Well, here's the thing. I did lose because what apparently, like, why my stuff was pretty much okay, the building structure was irrevocably destroyed. Oh, so you had to move. So I was, you know, all of a sudden homeless, which was a bummer. You know, I couldn't stay there. I, I wasn't allowed in the building. So I didn't have anything with me, and I didn't have anywhere to go. And I don't have any family or friends here. So it was definitely a, like, pretty crappy position to find myself in. Um, after some negotiating with my insurance company and stuff, I managed to put myself up in a a Holiday Inn and I camped out there for a couple of weeks, like trying to um, basically all day, every day, trying to find a place to live. And then when I did that, I spent like four or five days moving my entire house by myself because my roommate and my wife were both at work, and I had the easiest time getting time off. So. Yeah, I basically didn't go to work and just moved shit all day every day and cleaned the house. And So the real was, question is um, when um, – the first question I would ask somebody would be, were your games destroyed? But I know you don't buy anything, so that's not a factor. So the second question is when you were in the hotel, what games did you play? Uh, none. Oh, I didn't, I didn't have any games. Where is this going? I didn't, I didn't have anything. <laughs> um. And, you know, it put me critically behind on schoolwork and stuff. So that's that kind of why I haven't been around as much lately to, to do the show is just kind of been picking up the pieces and, and putting my life back together. And I'm, I'm back on track now. 
But uh, yeah, don't let don't let motherfuckers fry chicken without a fryer. Don't Buy them a fry chicken. daddy. It's nineteen dollars at Walmart. <laughs> or just cut the thing up first, like everybody else does. What the fuck? Yeah. So there you go. That is my little tale of uh, of woe and doom. And, Some uh, guy somewhere is talking on his podcast about how he burnt his building down while frying a chicken. It's a like, cooking show. <laughs> Don't it's cheapasscooker.com. <laughs> There's both sides of every story. I'm gonna find that story on here. The other side. <laughs> I was just frying my chickens because you know, not to be a racial profile, but when I said that they were frying a whole chicken on their stove, like. All the black people that listen to Game Face Radio were like, oh, just like my don't, grandma. Don't do that. Well, I was thinking that, uh, I was thinking, you know, you know, like you listen to the news and they, you know, they insist that global warming is a debate and not a scientific fact. Um, I bet someone, you know, you're going to make a case for this guy. He burnt the house down because he bathed his entire apartment in flaming oil. But, you know, let's hear his side of the story. I did. I, it's I just talked flaming to oil bathing your apartment. I mean, <laughs> what they did was they they it was, put it was the pot of don't oil eat, right. <laughs> they put the pot of oil on a burner that they didn't know was on. Oh, so just boof. Yeah. Okay. Like they they yeah, apparently great. turned it all the way up to the max. There's this glowing red hot piece of metal, and then they set a giant bucket of oil on top a, of it. A, yeah, a giant uh, source of hydrocarbon fuel <laughs> right on top of the fucking thing. <laughs> You know, if natural selection was <laughs> in full force, uh, your door wouldn't have opened and you would have all died for your stupidity. Yeah, and you would have froze to death because there's no fucking Red Cross in, 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 a, in the Darwinian world. That's we'll fine. The Red Cross the... gave me 300 bucks. <laughs> Woof de doo I yeah, lost over <laughs> $3,500 from the fire. So yeah, well, it really wasn't very pleasant for me at all. Like, Sounds I lost awesome, a lot man. of money on this drill. Like, it kind of wiped my savings account out. Thankfully, tax return time came and pulled me from the flames of defeat. The flames of chicken. Yep, the chickeny flavored flames of defeat. So, uh, yeah, use a fry daddy, people, please. Just <sighs> public service announcement. Yeah, just don't eat chicken anyway. It's gross. <sighs> Whatever. It's little little bugs with feathers. <laughs> Giant <laughs> bugs with feathers. Don't um, eat Japanese chicken. I will say that. The chickens in Japan like, are like, like really feathery ones, or the they're they're really tiny, and really like weird. Like you go to KFC in Japan, you're not gonna get like the big meaty chicken leg like what you would expect here. Like well, it's yeah, gonna be small and and weird shaped and taste funny. Well, I don't, I don't know, know much. What a I don't Japanese know much about chicken, uh, like. chicken, Japanese or otherwise, but Whoa. I I do know that the the modern day chicken that you buy at KFC is incredibly unnatural to a freakish degree. So you might just be used to the bioengineered, super grown up stuff. Yeah, super chickens. Super chickens. Who doesn't like super chickens? <laughs> they have like long golden feathers and exude constant key energy. <laughs> yeah, they're evolved from what? <laughs> Some sort of poke chicken? Uh, okay. All right, now that I've So it's a good thing that I haven't been playing very much. Okay. Um, lately, I just decided that I've been accumulating over the years more games than I can possibly ever finish. Well, maybe not ever finish, but I'm accumulating them faster than I'm finishing them. So I decided to make it a point to finish some stuff. 
and a lot of the stuff I have is old and old games are hard so this is not a quick process it's not like uh, you know you can grab it's not like a siphon filter and you just grab a fact and wail on it in one night and beat it kind of thing so I started playing um, Final Soldier which is a shooter for PC Engine this is part of Hudson's uh, Soldier series uh, Star Soldier on Famicom and Superstar Soldier, PC Engine, and Soldier Blade, and some would include Gunhead as part of that, and some would not, depending on who you talk to. Uh, and it's a shooter; it has seven stages, and it's fucking hard. And but it's not that e it's not that hard compared to other old shooters. So I've just been playing that regularly, and uh, have not finished it yet. But I'm getting to the point where I can get about a quarter of the way into the last stage. Doesn't so, like uh, shooter difficulty just kind of start at impossible and go up from there? Isn't that how they typically operate? Well, not this one. This one's more. This one's not that hard. It's from Hudson. Hudson shooters are typically not very hard. Um, in fact, I've probably beaten more Hudson shooters than I mean any other shooter probably. They don't even really make that many now. Um, but I think they designed it with the idea in mind that uh, well, you know, back in the '80s, the arcade was the place, right? So they developed these shooters that were really hard. But to clear them, all you really had to do was put more money in it, you know. <clears throat> so if you were rich, you just keep pumping quarters into it until you'd finally beat it. Um, but then when you go get the console version, there's no quarter limit. So what do you do? You know, you can limit their credits, which makes it too hard to ever beat. Or you can design the game differently if it's a, if it's a straight to console, if it's a console original then you, what you can do is make it actually finishable by your average dude. And I think that's what their philosophy was on that. There's still plenty of shooters that are hard, but this one's not that hard. It's easier than, like, Ikiruga or something, to mention a more modern one. Um, I sort of abandoned Burning Angels because I was getting pissed off at it in order to play this one. Uh, and then I found out just recently Burning Angels only has five stages, and I was dying on, I think, the boss of stage five. So after I finish this one, i got to go back and now that I realize I'm so close to the end, and finish that. Uh, Burning Angels is another vertical, horizontal scroll. I don't know the difference. I mean, I know the difference, but I don't know which one is which. It's a ship points vertical up. Is that a horizontal or a vertical? Vertical means that the ship points up. Okay. Horizontal means that the ship points right. Okay, I actually prefer the horizontal type, but they're much less common, um, especially now. It's basically, I mean, Border Down was the last one I can remember that they even made. More of an R-type guy. Yeah, R-type. That's horizontal, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. There's a um, there's a couple that actually have come out for Xbox Live Arcade, like Trigger Heart Excelica. That's vertical, though. Uh, Yeah, that one's vertical, and then there's another one, Omega 9 or whatever, that's horizontal. Omega something. Oh, that one's horizontal, yeah. That one looks really fucking cool. It's like, really it's a, weird because yeah, it looks you're weird, not a yeah. ship. You're a dude with a giant penis gun or whatever. It's kind of like uh, Forgotten Worlds or something. Or Choaniki. <laughs> yeah, it, I only saw like a really lower the screenshots. It looked kind of Choaniki. Yeah. It, it looks like neat. It looks nice, but I mean, you know, vertical shooters with guys flying through space holding giant guns is not really my game. So I wasn't really going to pick it up and play it. Um, another thing, let's see, what else, well, I guess that's just about the only thing I've been doing is playing shooters, because it takes so long to beat, 
Um, but one thing that I have been doing to, uh, I, well, okay, I talk about PC Engine and Turbo Graphics on here a lot, and one of the um, one of the trials you will, you will um, find yourself faced with owning these machines is that there is a crude sort of region protection between the American and Japanese for the cards only, not the CDs. And traditionally, the way to defeat that is on the cartridge slot there are four pins that are swapped with four other pins. So if you can put the card in, you can put the card in but it doesn't work because the data is mismatched. Um, what you can do is you can buy a, traditionally what people have done is they bought a switch that is an eight pole double throw switch. And there aren't too many of those on the market because there really isn't much use for them nowadays in modern electronics. Any use for them really. So that's a pretty large switch. And it's a push button type, and that's what people have been doing. But uh, recently, a uh, sort of famous modder on the scene, uh, D. Light, who's at uh, multimods.com, has developed a IC chip that will it, you power you wire all the wires into it, power it up, and assign whatever single pulse single throw switch you want to just turn that switch on and off, and that does the reason switching for you. And the good news about that is that you can use any kind of switch you want, you can, like a much smaller one, and put it anywhere on the machine you want, and also it will fit into smaller versions of the PC Engine, like the handheld units, which are just not big enough to have that huge 8-pulse switch thrown in there. So I spent some time installing that on my machine, and uh, it worked perfectly, and it costs like 15 bucks. Um, it's a little difficult to wire in if you're not, uh, if you're used to doing like Dreamcast region defeats or something. This is a lot more difficult than that, but it is easier than a PS2. Not surprisingly. Same number of wires, but they're easier to get at. They're more standardized and this shit's more durable. Um, that's probably about it for what I've been playing. I'm going to go into news unless you've got any objections to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, it's been long enough that I've got even more, but, uh, Let's let's move along. We'll hit the news. Okay, news. King of Fighters 12. Have you seen it? No. Oh God! What the fuck? It's unbelievably great looking. You know how like uh, we all waited so long for Capcom to like follow Arc's trend and make high res fighting games. You know. Right. And as far as I know, isn't Sengoku Basra X the first one to do it? And nobody gives a shit about it because it's not Street Fighter. Um. Well, evidently, SNK's decided that they're going to do it. So they've got uh, KOF 12 coming out. It has, like, it's basically like high-res Street Fighter 3 quality, um, but without all the, you know, body odor that you can virtually smell when you watch <laughs> Street Fighter 3 move. Like, it's unfucking believably great looking. Um, the weird thing about it is that, and the weird thing about I guess while I'm talking you can find a movie of it because there's a short video clip it's fucking great um weird thing about it is that people look at this and for some reason they think it's a 3D fighter which boggles the mind that they could even think this for a second because if you look at it I mean that's just obviously a 2D game I mean please it's a 2D game it does, this, the camera angle is 100% fixed there isn't any. There isn't even any zooming or anything. I don't think. Um, 
it's not polygons. And people are describing it, or they were anyway, as being cell shaded. And I'm like, are you what? I'm like, how could you pos no cell shaded is polygons that look like hand drawn. This is hand drawn that looks like hand drawn. And it's even so bad that like SNK USA or sorry, SNK Playmore USA, who historically never have any idea what's going on with their own product has even described the game as having a cel-shaded look <laughs> and i'm like are we so disconnected from hand-drawn animation already that we now describe things that are actually hand-drawn as looking like hand-drawn yeah like things that they are, are cells as being cel-shaded yeah it's, that's just the weirdest little thing and then some blog actually had like a clarification um, well, I've talked with SNK, and I've confirmed that it is not cel-shaded. I'm like, I didn't, it doesn't even look cel-shaded. That's weird. Um, but anyway, it is amazing looking, and it's kind of a huge leap because uh, SNK is not exactly known for having the most high-res fighting games out there. Yeah, even I mean... They, even when they moved to Naomi, <laughs> you couldn't tell they moved to Naomi. Or not yeah. Naomi, but... Um, like, the majority of SNK characters look like Morgan. Yeah, they have more color, so it's not as obvious, but the the resolution is suffering, yeah. And you're better off playing it on, like, a old-fashioned RGB monitor than you are playing it on, like, a high-res computer monitor under emulation because it's going to make that resolution limitations stick yeah. out really I mean, bad. the reason KOF kind of flies below my radar is... I mean, one, I don't even know if this game is ever going to go to 360, and that would be the only place I'd play it. It... Yeah. Probably will, but like, um, you know, because the I'm 360 sure. doesn't really move well in Japan, and King of Fighters doesn't really move well here. So I don't know yeah. if that that connection will ever get made, and uh, it'll still be quite a while before I consider a PS3. They're still a long ways off from being where they should. So I mean, it flies. Plus, I'm not really the SNK fan. Like, I I like the games okay. I like some of their characters, but like. In general, I will always take the Capcom offering over the SNK offering. You know, I'll I'll always rather play a versus game than a King of Fighters game. That's just me. They're more my style. I don't like SNK command inputs, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of them. They're okay. Yeah, this I've got a feeling. You know, historically, uh, when a game goes through a major overhaul like a, a hardware upgrade or a, something that affects the, bu the budget like remember street fighter alpha came out and it was so upgraded over two yet it had almost no characters in it comparatively because they spent so much effort you know increasing the amount of animation drawing everything over from scratch and all that i've got a feeling that kof 12 is going to be kind of like that i've got a feeling that it's not going to have a humongous roster i've got a feeling the characters are going to have a lot of their moves taken away for budgetary reasons so basically i'm saying kof 13 gonna be amazing well, <laughs> well actually that, 12 that is gonna be amazing too but... kof 12 a really prime re-entry point though like maybe yeah, true. for people like yeah. me that they've lost and you know like the last time i was really into kof was like 1997 or 98 or something long long time ago you know, if they want to bring me back in a decade later, maybe stripping out all the stuff and and kind of bringing it back down to its core, and you know, certainly no strikers or anything like that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, keep it. Well, real yeah, clean. that might not be a bad idea because if you look at like Terry Bogard, it, just about every move input you can imagine is a move. He has so many moves. You know, really? like 
quarter circle in any direction with any button is some move because it, and probably an uppercut and maybe a charge depending on what game it is um he's running out of positions on the joystick <laughs> i always thought then, he was weird because he had circular moves and then he also had charge moves yeah well sometimes he doesn't usually he has he has rising tackle down up punch or down up kick whatever but then there's ones where they turned rising tackle into an uppercut motion which was a really bad idea because it totally changed the way you know you're used to playing them always charging down and now you have to totally change the way you play because that's it's not a bad idea to me i hate i feel like it's a chore to play charge characters like no, i really like charge. i, I don't like charge characters it was weird. at all i always feel like it's an obligation i have to hold back i have to hold back and down all the time i'm not allowed to the freedom i am with a sweep character where it's like you jump in, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, well, now I'm making the decision to kick you out of the air. It's like, oh, shit, you've jumped in the air. I certainly hope that I've been holding down long enough before you jumped because I can't do it on reaction. You know, if they just made the moves, like, down for .5 second, then up, like, where I could on reaction kick you out of the air, like, you know, Ryu or anyone else can, it seems fine, but otherwise it seems like a big fucking handicap. You know, like... If you well, didn't pre-plan, a lot of then ways. you get penalized. And I don't like charge characters for that reason. Like, I'm well, not denying it, that Guile and Balrog are fantastic fucking characters. Blanca, like, I understand. They are top-tier, amazing, badass characters. I just personally would rather, you know, the Blanca ball not be a charge motion. <laughs> you know, I, I like to play it. But it might make him unbalanced if he could bust that out instantly. Maybe that's why they do it. I don't know. Well, the thing with charge is that when you, they they make up for that limit. That is a limitation. They make up for it more by having f moves that have le less uh, penalty. Like when you whip the sonic boom out, you can immediately walk up there. It doesn't you don't stay in the Hadouken motion forever. And and the only thing you basically basically since you're always charging down back, you're always in a situation when the only thing you have to do to whip out a move is press forward and punch, and that move's going to come out every time. And it's not something for everybody, and it really became a problem with um, Street Fighter 3, because Remy was a charge character, but Street Fighter 3 has parrying in it, and that fucks you up, because you're not going to parry very much with a charge character, now are you? Because you're not going to have any moves that are, and there's nothing's ever going to be charged up if you're parrying. He was kind of a bastard character because of that. And yeah. I don't mean that because he looked like the, like the legitimate son of Guile. I mean, <laughs> Right, <laughs> also, like, it, it kind of bugs me, like, because charge characters seem to, I don't know, engender turtling, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, what's well, part of the gameplay mechanism. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, you don't see a lot of aggressive in-your-face guiles because of the fact that he's a charge character, and they're benefited by sitting there in the corner and blocking. And then if you yeah. try to jump, they flash kick. Yeah, well, the, the, the <laughs> premise, know. I think where charge characters really... The, I think one of the most effective charge characters ever is um, Charlie in like Alpha Two, because his basic his whole routine, and this is the case with most charge characters, but his routine is basically look like you're being aggressive, and as soon as they try anything, fuck them, because you're in the you're in the like his short somersault shell was virtually unstuffable, so like you could throw it in ahead and no airtime at all, and you could land right back on your feet, and it was really great so basically if you can trick him into like especially in alpha 3 where you could then juggle off the, the short somersault shell um 
it pisses people off because they they think they have to do something okay now i can do something he's forced me to do something you know and i do anything and then he kills you it's pretty great i think not all out aggression it just looks like it's, it's passive aggressive is what it is yeah it's not really fun to play against and for me it's not really fun to play even as like you know i i do like to kind of rush in and poke and change levels a lot and like you know kind of kind of well, be you in do the rush face. in you rush in and block <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what you do you you run it out there like you're gonna do something and then you just block whatever they just did and then you wail on them for it yeah so um I, i'm not a big fan of charged characters they also typically seem to have very good range like charged yeah. characters seem to be very long-limbed in general low yeah yeah it's all making up for that thing that you have to charge all the time Mostly. The only really truly dominant charge characters are like Guile in the old games and then Blanca in the CVS2, I think. Yeah. And Other than Blanca that, doesn't usually... need to fucking charge that ball for nothing. Because all his normals are absolutely insane. It's like, what the yeah. fuck do I need to charge for when I can just like throw that duck and fierce punch of godless at you? And, you know, I mean, yeah, his super, I guess, has to be charged if they want to land that thing. But in general, Blanca's just. He's full of good moves. He doesn't really need the Blanca ball for victory. Yeah, he's kind of bullshit in CVS too. It's kind of revolting, actually. Yeah. Um, more news. Um, let's see. This is old news, but not exactly big news, I don't think. And that is the Do You Still Own a Dreamcast secret email scam of some sort. Um, if you A while back, if you go to dreamcast.com... You would, or was it dreamcast.co.jp? I'm not sure. One or the other. Um, there would be a thing there uh, in English and Japanese that said, Do you still own a Dreamcast? And it was basically giving you, supposedly, an email forwarder that would be like, whatever you are, at dreamcast.com, and then that would forward to a Google account. And you were supposed to enter, like, your Google address, I think, and then your uh, Dreamcast serial number. And some other shit. And by the time I found out about it, it was already not working. I mean, the Dreamcast thing was up. If you clicked on anything past that, it would it'd just be a server overload error or something, you know. Um, evidently, it's a scam to somehow fish your Gmail account or something. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the scam was. I don't know anybody who successfully signed up for it. But it is kind of weird on a couple of levels. Like, first of all... Why would Sega already let the Dreamcast.com domain expire? I mean, it only costs like $10 a year to keep it up. And I know that they don't make that thing anymore, but it is a registered trademark of theirs, and you know they're going to start selling keychains and shit someday. And you'd think that they'd want to keep $10. They have $10 a year earmarked. My guess is that they got domain sniped. Um, I mean, there is a way that you can, like the second it comes up for registration... Like, you can sometimes have that pulled out from underneath you. And that's likely what this guy did. Like, when Sega went to renew it, someone had already renewed it. Well, at first I thought, you know, that's just the new Sega and how they don't really give a shit about anything. But recently I tried going to ps2.com. And you get, like, forwarded six or seven times to toysandgames.calico.co.uk. So... Sony doesn't even own the PS2 domain, and that system is actually still being supported. So it's kind of strange that they let these things expire. Because I'm sure that, I mean, 
it seems like you know they're going to contract out their all their web services, and you think that those people would have their shit together, but I guess that's totally naive and on my part to think that. Anyway, somebody out there not only is aware of the Dreamcast fan base and the way they operate, you know, and that it's not just another failed system like a 3DO or something, and they hate them. <laughs> and who the fuck are these people? <laughs> it's a strange... <laughs> weird. I know who's a sucker. Those Dreamcast people. And <laughs> they come up with a scam. And a nice graphic. I mean, the graphic they had that said, do you still own a Dreamcast? was like pretty professional looking it almost yeah, it was the same font correct. all the sega communications from that era were in too it even looked like the designs they were using in 1999 or whatever like not even something new it's kind of strange um other news uh, let's see this isn't really news but um i found a cool website this has been mentioned on other english sites before but i apparently but i don't remember seeing it uh, i'll put a link to it in the podcast but or in the uh show notes but it's park 19 dot wackwack.com slash tilde slash cherry slash oto and you'll never get that that's okay there'll be a link but anyway it is some incredibly productive japanese nerd who has decided to this is complex now he he recomposes game music uh, for consoles that the game was not on originally so Going through his list here, he will have something like, okay, um, Goonies for NES, right? Mm-hmm. By Konami, plays the Cindy Lauper song like constantly throughout the entire thing. And what he did was, um, he, remember the Castlevania 3, Japanese version of Castlevania 3 has a special sound synthesis chip in it that makes the music sound extra great and the American one doesn't? Mm-hmm. Well, he actually basically ported the Goonies Are Good Enough theme to an emulator that supported the FM chip that was in Castlevania 3, which is called uh, a VR something 6. And so now it sounds like this is what Konami could have done with Goonie sound if they decided to put that chip in there. And it's sort of uh, like here's uh, Beat Mania 3rd Mix Do You Love Me ported to Famicom. Uh... Ridge Racer, the uh, sc- the normal uh, screen thing, the title screen music, pointed to Game Gear. I'm not sure exactly where the inspiration comes for some of this stuff, but uh, madness, <laughs> madness. Yeah, there's yeah. It's interesting to see. And then he has like a lot of people do who make music nowadays. They've actually decided that YouTube is a good way to distribute it, although that doesn't make any sense because there's no video, but there is audio. So what you can do is like if you're making a song. You can just put a static image up and slap it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the kids and then do you that don't have, You don't have to pay the new hip-hop song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pirated ones, usually. Like, uh, my guess is that the guy is, like, sitting in his tiny one-room Tokyo apartment, like, in his underwear, putting, like, you know, 100 yen coins in his mouth all day long and, <laughs> like, setting things on fire. And then he comes up with the idea of porting these songs. Yeah, what's amazing is that there are, like, a shitload of them. I don't know if they're all by the same guy. They don't seem to be individually credited. And there's, like, a hundred of them on here. Um, Uh, On the the website tip, uh, it's something that was probably due a shout-out a long time ago, but I'm getting around to it now. Uh, 
I've I've long always wanted like a, a solid video game community forum to be on, and uh, I just want to throw out that my my gaming community of choice is cheapassgamer.com because I'm a cheap ass, <laughs> and uh, I mean I I like uh, I like the people there, and as it turns out, a lot of the GF army were already on cheapass gamer. Um, iconic uh, commenter spot anime, for instance, is uh, is from CAG, as well as um, uh, I believe Infernarl and Liquid Cross, and you know several others. What what is the premise of the site? Because it sounds appealing to me. Cheap ass gamers' premise is that you shouldn't pay full price for video games. Oh, I never do that anyway. Like, well, very rarely. So anyway. it's based around finding deals, finding ways to get games for free. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, they've got the forums all split up by system. So, you know, you can talk in 360 forum if you want to talk 360 or whatever. Um, and, you know, they have the general discussion forums as well. But, like, it seems the primary function of the site is just to deliver ways of getting things cheaply. And... I mean that's that's how I've always lived, you know. They 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 do not advocate piracy. And, yeah, they uh, just don't they just don't think that you have to spend two hundred a month to right. play games. Right. Yeah. They, they I'm don't. totally in that camp. Which is kind of funny though, because the owner of the site GPD, now that he kind of is a video game professional, he really does spend two hundred a month in video games. He pre-orders everything from PlayAsia, but that's because he lives in Tokyo, and most of the game deals are irrelevant to him. You know, no Circuit City or Best Buy or whatever to go pick up the, the half price yeah, special on. That's true, yeah. So you he, know, um, he himself is kind of not benefiting from his own site, but he's a good guy, you know, and um, like you know, I, I do listen to the CAG cast, and uh, it's a good site. It's based on V Bulletin software, which is my favorite forum software on the internet to to use regularly. So that was one of the things that attracted to it. It has a pleasing dark black and green motif so you don't get whitewashed and oh, uh i hate black and green but i'll take your word for it can i customize it i don't know maybe you can but i i like the i like the default as it is it's better than red text on black background my god i hate that oh no no the text isn't with green. stars in the background i just mean like the borders to the the posts are green or whatever i think but yeah it's it's not everything is not bright green or anything um so yeah, I, it it was like wow, a dark forum about video games that are cheap on Vbulls and software. You know, I think I'm home. I think this is where I'm gonna be at. So feel free to come look me up over on CheapAssGamer.com. Um, they're they're going under a major overhaul. They're gonna add a lot of new stuff to the site, and it would probably be a good time to sign up. People over there are pretty friendly. You know, I'm gonna put this. Uh, Goonies are good enough. Um, Famicom VRC6 mix in the podcast because it sounds fucking fantastic for Famicom. <laughs> You're gonna is like, that gonna be our intro for the episode then? No, no, I'm just gonna use it right now.
um, just don't run it for too long like you did before. Well, as long as it's not more than 15 minutes. What? What's funny is they, they credit it as being uh, from Poppin' Music 8, which I'm sure it is, but it's also from the Goonies game, also by Konami. Why don't you, uh, you know, we should. what we should do is when we have cool little music things we want to do, maybe you could put that over the outro instead. Okay. Like that way, yeah. if they want to stick around and listen to the music, they totally have the option. That's probably or I could a good just place do like uh, Retronauts does and just shove it in there, even though it <laughs> just stick it in between two words of a sentence. Yeah, that's a, a terrible idea. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I <laughs> thought it was a good idea. Fast forwarding um, on an iPod is really awkward, so we I don't want to force anyone to do that. You don't have to fast forward; you just skip. It's got chapters. Well, it is. It doesn't have Retronauts, but it does on Game Face Radio. The most the, professional podcast on the internet. Game actually, Face Radio. it kind of is because I don't listen. I don't. None of the other podcasts I listen to are enhanced except space music. I, I would agree with that. I listen to ten or twelve other podcasts, and I would say none of know, them. Have we checked. are ahead of the curve. You know, there's no reason well, why they you guys like, shouldn't tell your friends. They want to <laughs> sell them as they want to distribute them as MP3s, and the MP3s don't have chapters. I don't think. So that's why they don't have them. Right. But my philosophy on that is basically that, um, sorry, I don't feel like making two versions and I want to make a fancy one. And being that, you know, most people who listen to podcasts use iTunes. The iPod is the number one music player. The iTunes store is the number one music store. I mean, if you're gonna, if you want to live outside the mainstream, that's fine. I do that on a lot of levels. But you're going to have to learn to convert this shit yourself like I do I use a Mac you think everything just is handed to me yeah Mac <laughs> shit doesn't work I got you know how hard it is to bootleg Dreamcast games on this machine <laughs> it's rough man um, let's see one other piece of news I want to throw out there uh, a while ago we talked about the fake copy of uh, Sapphire for PC Engine that was made in Sweden or someplace Germany um and it's like a game that costs 300 bucks. So some Europeans decided to, to fake it. And they made like an incredibly convincing fake copy of it. Um, very, very good. Like the only differences are there's a slightly different saturation of the color. And um, the shrink wrap is different. <laughs> Zip strips in a different spot. And uh, the actual the actual designation on the CD that tells where it was stamped is different. But other than that, it's an amazing bootleg. Well, somewhere along the line, they've sort of changed gears on that, and that is they are now selling a bootleg copy of a game that was that never even existed in the first place, uh, sort of, and that is uh, Space Fantasy Zone. Space Fantasy Zone is this game that was... It's basically a combination of Space Harrier and Fantasy Zone, so it has the first-person 3D type stuff that... Um, that Space Harrier has, but it consists of all the all of the uh, um, Fantasy Zone stuff. It's very colorful, and it was on the release lists for like years, and it eventually got canceled, and never came out, and we're not really sure why, but probably because it was actually being coded by um, NEC Avenue, and, th- and they probably took so long to put it out, they lost their their licensing window. But anyway, the the beta has been out, or the alpha or whatever has been out for quite a while, and so it's not that hard to get it, a hold of it and play it. But it's obviously never been sold anywhere. But some guy has decided, and it was actually, it's the same guys that are selling the Sapphire bootlegs. 
and they've actually came up with a fake retail packaging for this thing and you can buy it on their site for an absolutely ridiculous uh, price of $160 and their sapphire bootlegs were like $38 during the time that you could still get them for the original price which was for years um, here's where it goes crazy okay on Yahoo Auctions Japan um, someone had one of these cop fake copies of Space Fantasy Zone up there and looking at the pictures they're the same pictures that they have on the site where you can buy the game direct and the CD doesn't look like it's officially stamped it looks like a CDR although that's just a theory that I have right now but it looks like a CDR was the original was real um, and that's problems because paying big money for CDR is kinda bad because they tend to you know sort of fall apart after a while also do uh, PC engines don't like to play CDRs very much they can do it but they get problems from it so it's basically you're losing your money big time but this is what's amazing okay this thing you can get ripped off for hundred and sixty dollars directly somebody on Yahoo Japan won this auction at two hundred twelve thousand yen which is like well over two grand they've paid for this so people that don't know what's going on are not unique in the American collecting scene <laughs> this is not a real product this is a, a fake construct so, well, you know, this isn't even a, a mimic of retail packaging because there never was any retail packaging. Two thousand bucks for something you can get screwed a measly hundred and sixty out of, which is you know rip off of that level. Do your research, people, before you buy this kind of shit, because this is ridiculous. I don't think you have to have great worries about too many people buying that kind of thing. That's no, a, but they might buy it at the lower price. It's a pretty uber niche kind of thing. It is. It is. But that's the thing I don't understand. Like if you know enough to know how infamous this release is wouldn't you know it never came out what are you buying you know <laughs> where did this come from it doesn't exist it never came out and you'd think that the Japanese at least would know this because you know there's a lot of PC Engine information that's not available in English you'd think that they'd have I don't know maybe there's more of it in English now than there was in Japanese yeah Hard I mean say. my only thought is maybe it's like all those eBay scam bidders that you know, drive the price of a snowball up to ten million dollars. Even though, like, it could it could be yeah. Well, the seller has one thousand two hundred fifty-two feedback. I don't um, know. Just guess. Which is twelve hundred seventy sunny days, and eighteen rainy days. That's <laughs> that's evidently how it works on Yahoo, or at least Yahoo Japan. Um, it's uh, yeah. Hilarious. Starting right. bid was a thousand yen. <laughs> that would have been a good price. Alright, well, if you enjoyed the episode, you should drop on and buy GameFaceRadio.com and uh, click on the blog there at the top. Or if you know you want to listen to the episodes, you can do that. Um, you know, just drop in a little comment. Let us know that you're alive, that you got pulse. Uh, I, we had a lot more comments at the old site, and I think we we left some of those people behind when we switched formats. So, if you haven't you haven't commented in a while, come on back. Uh, please review us on iTunes. That uh, that helps us with our ratings. We'd like that. Um, in addition, if you uh, want to see uh, some of the pictures that Zeta was talking about, he'll uh, put up a link to the Zeta Image Gallery, hosted of course at Mac.com. And uh, I believe now, at this point, it is time to, you know, cue up that music you wanted to play earlier. 
Oh, I already played it. You should play it now. <laughs> Again? <laughs> no. Play something else.